This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. Hey, we're going to just go right in to our uh, series. We're in the book of Philippians, but last week we talked about uh, joy being a choice. It's a decision we make. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is chapter uh, three. Rejoice in the Lord. Joy in the Lord is a choice. And I imagine all of us had choices this week, whether we should be joyful or not. Joy is uh, not based on circumstances. It's a choice that we make. You know, so whether it's at work or on, in the car in traffic, uh, we all have choices. And the Apostle Paul is churching the, telling the church in Philippi to choose joy. And you cannot give what you don't have. I, I used to say that all the time. You know, if I, if I wanted to give you $10 million, I couldn't do it because I don't have it. Right? You can't give what you don't have. And so uh, I pray that the joy of the Lord is in you, that you trust the Lord, even in circumstances. Don't forget, Paul is writing from prison. He's in prison. He's probably wrapped in chains, tied to another person, a disgruntled Roman guard in prison. So he's, uh, he's not in the best place, but he still uh, admonishes us at, at the church to be joyful. So now we're going to move on to chapter 3, verse 12. And again, we're through this series, and we allow the, the, the text to determine the topic. And so we're in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. I'm going to ask you a question, and you can just kind of nod your head. You don't have to answer out loud. But do you know what the experience economy is? There's this famous author who wrote a book and talked about how there's different economies throughout uh, history. And he says the first economy uh, was the agrarian uh, economy. You guys know what that means. The farming economy, agriculturally based. Then that was followed by the industrial economy. And that was followed by the service economy. And now this book, it's probably about five years old already, says that uh, it has transitioned to the experience economy. So when we think of those, think of um, making a cake. If we look back in the old days, maybe your grandmother or great-grandmother, when it was time to make a cake, uh, that was probably still the agrarian uh, concept where she would get flour and eggs and you know, probably churning butter and all that kind of stuff. And then she would make a cake from scratch, uh, mixing the farm products. Uh, don't forget sugar and, and, and all that kind of stuff. During the industrial age, which I would say that we, me and my wife, probably on the tail end of that growing up, uh, think of cake that came in a box, and we still have that. And uh, all you have to do is add a, maybe one egg and some water or some milk, and then voila, you have a, uh, a cake. Uh, and then it moved on. So um, then we said the service economy. So what would you do nowadays? Probably... I'm just thinking maybe those who are a little bit younger than me, if you needed to get a cake for your kid, you went to Publix or you went to Walmart or you went somewhere, uh, Carvel from those up north. You went and got yourself a cake. And so that was a different type of an economy. That was where, you know, you're just, um, you know, just go get the service. Let someone else make the cake. Amen. Uh, and so 
But now, if you want to celebrate a birthday with a cake, we take kids to where? Well, in Tallahassee, we don't have a lot of choices. In Jacksonville, I know there's um, a Dave and Buster's. You know, that's filled with people trying to celebrate birthdays. Here we have Chuck E. Cheese. Anybody ever go to Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah. Uh, yes. I was just there recently. But Chuck E. Cheese and Dave and & Buster's and even Disney World, they're not selling. I mean, they'll sell cakes, but they're not selling cakes. They're selling the experience. They're selling the ride, the whole, the whole experience. And so that's where we're at. Because people crave the experience. That's why you have restaurants. If you're in Orlando, you can go to the Rainforest Cafe. Or if you go to these sports uh, restaurants, sports bar restaurants, it's all about you know, the whole experience. It's not just about getting wings. It's about 40 televisions wrapped around you. It's, it's about the experience. Uh, my wife has been collecting American dolls, uh, the, the brand American dolls, not dolls made in America. And so, uh, the, and so we have lots of them, but uh, there's, apparently there's stores, and you could even go to a store and have a tea party with the experience with your American doll, and so, which is amazing. And then people love Disney World. I am not one of them. Uh, for years, the cheapest way we knew how to go to Disney World was tell our kids that we went to Disney World. And, and just show them pictures of Disney World, but we never went. It saved us a lot of money. And so, um, <laughs> and so or convince them that we went to Disney World, but it was really uh, the one in Valdosta. So uh, that was the branch of Disney World. And so Wild Adventures, Disney World, Tomato, Tomato. And so, uh, but people love places like Disney World and they, because they crave the experience. I'm gonna show you a picture. It's uh, so much, I mean, this is uh, mind-boggling. I've not been, but I've seen this. Uh, Disney's latest offering of the movie, uh, the, the location, as a whole theme set of Star Wars. It's a whole park based on the movie, and all the rides are based on the movie. It's amazing. That's a, that's a real picture. It's not a, it's not a um, professional photo. It's just someone that took so they want the whole experience. We could turn that off. Let me read Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. I don't mean, this is Paul saying, I don't mean that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Jesus Christ first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it at all, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I pressed on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. I love that part. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you now. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example, for I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct 
shows that are really enemies of the cross of Christ. You remember we talked last week about people trying to say Jesus plus, and they were adding circumcision to the whole equation. Verse 19, they're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. Interesting. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we eagerly wait for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under control. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, my dear friends, for you are my joy, the crown I receive for my work. Beautiful passage in prison, right to this church. Well, I believe that God not only wants us to, well, I don't think only in our shopping should we experience the fullness of the event or uh, only go uh, for the experience, but there's something that I believe God wants to bring to us, a fullness. It's not a fakeness. You know, one of the weird things, I remember my first time going to Arizona, and I remember going north towards Sedona from Phoenix. And I, it was the first time I saw like desert rocks. And I had a hard time because I've only seen fake desert rocks like at Disney World and places like that. And I kept thinking to myself, is this real or is this fake? And it was, I almost wanted to touch the rock to make sure it wasn't foam. Uh, and so there's a difference between what people try to offer us and what the real thing is. And God wants us to experience the real thing. If you've been following along, we've been going through Philippians. And Jesus is not just interested in us having some sort of uh, ritual uh, and, and just follow some sort of uh, a relationship that's just based on rituals, but a relationship and experiencing, fully experiencing Jesus. He wants us to have a full spiritual life because he is uh, one of the, tr- uh, the, the, the three parts of the Holy, in the three parts, I should never say that, uh, the three triune, the Holy Spirit. He wants spiritual, you know, he wants us to fill us and, and empower us. And so Paul is writing this, these, these, these verses to the church. And he says, not that I've already obtained this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold for that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I have, don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind But in order for us to learn and grow what Paul is trying to tell us, there's a few things we have to do. The church had to do, and I believe it's up to us to also do. We need to become what, who Christ has called us to become and be. We need to experience the fullness of Christ and how he's designed us to experience and be. It, the Holy Spirit needs to consume us, at least to, it needs to let us drive every step that we make and determine every course of action that we make. I want to uh, point out again, this is what he says, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me. In other words, we could all have awesome starts in our journey with Jesus, 
But Paul is telling us to press on toward the goal to win the prize. Have you heard this saying, it's not how you start, it's but how you, what? It's how you finish. The first thing we need to do, and I believe Paul is telling the church, but telling us today, is forgetting. First thing we need to do is forget, forget, and forget. Becoming who Christ has made you to become means forgetting what's behind you. Now, who would have written that first rule? Like, what is the first thing you need to do to finish? And Paul says to forget what's behind you. One of the things I shared this morning before that one song is not that I'm, um, I'm not living in guilt of what I've done in the past, but I understand what I've done and I rejoice in where he's brought me. It's a, there's a difference. I don't, I don't live in lament. I live in rejoicing because I know where I was at one time before Christ. Paul had lots of things to brag about in his past. Paul was uh, the epitome of a, a zealous uh, follower of God. But Paul says, I forget what is behind and strain toward what is ahead. He persecuted followers of Jesus. He was a hired gun, if you will, to find them and arrest them and persecute and imprison believers and even executed this is a side note. I do find it, the, the power of the gospel is that, and I don't know who said this, it wasn't me, but when Paul died and made it to heaven, he was probably applauded by those he actually persecuted. It's kind of hard to wrap your mind around that, but that's the, the power of God's love and mercy. He killed people. Anytime we hear, the first time we ever hear about Paul, he was holding the, the coats of people that were stoning Stephen. Paul had a reputation that was so bad that when he became a believer, people didn't believe him. They were, they were um, not sure. And understandably, I would not be sure. Because he was so filled with, uh, he was bloodthirsty, you know, to... to follow the law and, and to imprison people and he was all that and, he, and they thought maybe it was a ploy to get into the church so that he can uh, prosecute them and persecute them. And Paul recognized that I need to forget all that behind me. I need to forget all of that, all the ups and downs. And even when we follow Christ, there's, uh, there's never a straight line, is there? It's never a straight path on our journey with Jesus, up and downs, left and rights, highs and lows, mountaintops and deserts. But there are certain things that we have to let go, our past, our sins, our past sins. There's not a single person in this room or in this planet that doesn't have something in their past that they need to forget and put it under the blood of Christ. So if that's you, which... I'm sure as all of you, I would say welcome to the club. One of the reasons I actually share my testimony, and I've shared it multiple times, and if you've been here since day one, you've probably heard it at least 10 times. I am also trying to encourage you that um, you don't have to live like I, I, I didn't live a perfect life. I'm serving a perfect savior who, who forgives me and helps me to press forward. 
So in my testimony, I'm trying to encourage you, don't, don't be bogged down by your past. Don't be weighted down by your past. Repent, give your life, and, and say, Lord, I'm sorry, and I plead the blood over this, and then press forward as Paul is telling us. But it's not a defining mark in our lives with Jesus. Bend our knee, ask for forgiveness, and I would say drink deeply from the well of grace and mercy and forgiveness and move forward. Paul tells us something funny, and I don't have time to break it down. He says, he's basically saying, keep on forgetting the past. Keep on forgetting the past. What does the enemy want you to do? Keep on remembering. Keep on remembering that uh, you're no good, your sins are too big, you're a big failure, um, and, and instead of listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying, the enemy has been strong in telling you that uh, you're worthless. Your mistakes are too big in order to move forward. And that's what the enemy would love for you to hear consistently and believe, that your sin and your failure defines you instead of chasing the call of Christ and what he is destined for you to be. The enemy, you know who's talking to you. You know, I think of an old song. Uh, does anybody know who Linda Ronstadt is? <laughs> I knew a couple of people. It's like, wow, I'm bringing Linda Ronstadt. Uh, she wrote a song, You're No Good, You're No Good, Baby, You're No Good. Now, the enemy would want you to sing that song to yourself, that you're no good, you're no good, you're no good. What Jesus sings to us is that you're worth pursuing. You're worth pursuing. He loves us. He doesn't want you to stay in this cesspool of sin. He wants to bring you out. So the enemy is always telling you you're no good, but Jesus said, and that's, that's condemnation. You're no good. Conviction is what you did was wrong. Let's move forward. The Holy Spirit grabs our hand and says, let's, let's move forward. Conviction is, I'm sorry. Let's move forward. Condemnation says, I'm, I've done wrong and I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm giving up because I'm not worthy of moving forward. For years, I always thought it was Carly Simon that sang that song, but it's the wrong Wrong person, Linda Ronstadt. The Holy Spirit convicts the enemy of our soul, Satan condemns. Another thing that we need to do, forget, is our, is our successes. Not just our, our failures, but our successes. And I believe this is where many of us will fall into this category. You've made gains, you, you came to know Christ, you've studied, you've read the book, you've read books, and uh, you got a great start. You gained some knowledge, you have some spiritual highs, you had some incredible spiritual uh, moments in your life. I think of, we have this winter conference called SALT, I've been to 30 of them, and those are just like awesome pinnacle spiritual experiences. And we just had one uh, eight weeks ago. But... One of the challenges about having those experiences is living in the past on those experiences. Does that make sense? It's like, uh, you know, uh, many of us uh, graduated uh, high school and then you think, 
I've got no more to learn. And maybe you've learned in, in your, you got a college degree. Uh, but in some of your professions, you have to keep on learning, right? You have to get that, the continual education certificate. Uh, you have to go be recertified or, or retested. But sadly, in the Christian world, we don't necessarily do that. And so sometimes we could rest on our past experience or positive experiences. You've gained some knowledge. You've had a spiritual high. You had some spiritual breakthroughs. And uh, Paul is, I believe, telling us, hey, don't rely on those. Let's move forward. Not that I've already obtained, verse 12, all this and I've already made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to yet have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and press forward. In other words, he says, I have yet to arrive. Sometimes I'll joke around and I'll pray for people and, I'll, and I said, listen, I still need Jesus every day of my life. My shadow has yet to heal the sick. And so like the early days, the early apostles. But what I'm saying is this, I've yet, I still have to grow. I just shared with my, um, our membership class, one of the things I love about pastoring, it, it, it's putting me in a position to keep growing. I, I don't know if I would keep growing at the pace that I've been growing if I were not here and I was sitting there. And I'm being honest with you. And so I can't, you know, we cannot just forget, we've got to forget the past of our failures, but also not rest on our past successes. I think of, of an athlete that maybe, uh, you know, ran the, you know, record on the 100 meter dash and then that's it. No, they, they continue to move forward and train for the next event in their life. They don't just sit back and, and start eating potato chips because they, they, they did some phenomenal feat six months ago. And Paul is saying the same thing. Not that I've already obtained all this and I've already made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. When is the last time you took a Bible class, a course, like we're doing in, in the Gospel of Mark on Wednesday nights? I've read Mark dozens of times, but every Wednesday I'll come, I'm like, Lord, teach me something I didn't know. Teach something to me. Because I've yet to arrive, and my guess is you haven't arrived either. How do you know if you're resting on your past victories? How would you know if you're resting or you're pressing? So I got a couple questions for you. How do you know if you're resting and not pressing? The question is, what's your hunger for? How much of Jesus and his promises do we hunger for? Has our past spiritual growth, our past spiritual knowledge, our past spiritual experience quenched our fire, or do we have a bonfire longing to learn more about his word? Learning, you know, watching uh, training videos of Bible, uh, men teaching the Bible, or women teaching the Bible, or, or somebody teaching, I'm just trying to learn and learn and learn. Or are you just like, I already know everything? Have you learned anything new lately about yourself or about God that you didn't know before? That's one of our challenges, isn't it? And I can see myself easily resting on the past. But Paul tells us, forget it. Let's press forward. So I think whether you've chosen to forget your past 
And you say, look, I know what I've done. I know what I've accomplished. Whether they're setbacks, failures, or accomplishments, I want to move forward in Christ. You know, I think it's one of the things with campus ministry, one of our challenges is that uh, getting our students to transition from campus ministry into church world ministry. You know, they're, they're going to get out of the bubble. And the thing about getting out of the bubble, they're now going to have to learn how to, to keep pressing forward. I appreciate my past obedience, but I cannot rest on it. In humility, I say, Lord, help me to continue to grow. Lord, give me holy discomfort. Lord, give me divine dissatisfaction. Lord, help me to be a better prayer, a better uh, husband, a better father, a better pastor. I don't want to just sit back and, and rely on the past. So I, I believe he's telling us to do that. And he tells us in Philippians chapter 3.13, forget what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Straining towards what is uh, ahead is a picture of someone running a race to the very end. I had the uh, privilege one year watching Michelle and Natalie uh, running a little marathon. It, was not, it wasn't a marathon, but it was a race, and they came right across here, uh, the front. I was there cheering them on. Um, I don't know if you ever run it in Tallahassee, but there are a lot of hills, and and I don't know what their time was, but I don't. It doesn't really matter to me. But I know that they pressed forward to finish their race. They had to go down this hill, but back up another hill. Finish the race. You can't say, wow, I finished, I just passed that hill and just stop and rejoice in it because that's not finishing the race. There's a point where the race is finished. And Paul is challenging the church. He's challenging us to keep pressing forward, to strain toward what is ahead, even if you have to lunge across the line. So the question I have for us this morning before I ask Bryce to come up, not yet, we're going to show a little video here in a second. What do you need to forget? You need to forget some past failure that's holding you back, or do you need to forget some past success? You know, back in college, um, uh, our friends, you know, like they, they memorize the Bible or you know, they memorize this chapter and they memorize, they can, they can recite to you, uh, you know, Romans. But they haven't grown in the last 20 years. Is, is that what God is calling us to forget? What do, we, what do we need to forget? The second thing this morning I'd like to challenge is what's your finish line going to be? It's interesting in verse 18, many live as enemies of the cross. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is their shame. Their God is their stomach. It doesn't just mean eating Twinkies and, and chips and pork grinds. Any pork grind people out there? Some of you, I like People that live according to their stomach is like someone who's very self-centered. Because whatever appetite they have, whatever desire they have, they begin to consume. And if you're running a race, 
If you're running or, uh, you know, my son Mason isn't here, but he's downstairs so I can pick on him. You know, when he was playing high school soccer, all his buddies would go to like Taco Bell, you know, to eat Taco Bell before a soccer match. All right? You wouldn't want to eat Taco Bell before anything, let alone a, a, you know, a soccer match. Why? Because they craved, they wanted something to eat, and they went and and grabbed uh, Taco Bell. When when we're following Christ, we don't let our our desire, self-centered desires and appetite determine what we consume because we know that we're on a race. And we have to strain towards the end because it's ahead of us and God wants us to finish. He wants us to live our purpose that he has designed for us. Because Christ has something in plan for your life. Forget what is behind and strain toward what is ahead. Of course, the other thing besides straining ahead is pressing on. Pressing on. It's a decision that we make. So it's more than just courage. It's not, you know, just having the absence of fear or failure. It's a persistence and determination to do the will of the Father. A desire to forget what is behind and strain toward what is ahead, marked by persistence and determination. I've watched, I've showed this video a few times in my years preaching, but I'd like to show it again of someone who is um, persistent and determined to finish the race no matter what. It's a 26-year-old Briton named Derek Redmond. Some of you were just barely being born, but in 1992, he was in the Barcelona Olympics running the 400-meter race. It was the semifinals. In 1988, he was also representing Britain at the Olympics, and he pulled a muscle, and he wasn't able to finish. So he spent the next four years training to get back to the Olympics, and he is at the Olympics. It's the semifinals, and he's did everything he could to get back and represent his country to to finish the race. And he pulls a muscle, and he fell to the ground, and you can see that he's crying in pain and disappointment. And he couldn't finish the race. But then out of the blue, his father shows up and helps him finish. And I believe that's what our Heavenly Father does as well. Even when we feel like we can't, he's there to help us. Some of you have been living life in um, no decision of yours, but you've been hit with a pulled hamstring, so to speak. But God wants you to, um, still wants to encourage you to move forward, not to um, be weighed down by the past failures or your past successes, but he wants us to strain forward because he desires for us to finish the race. He wants us to finish the race. I love that picture because he he finished the race with his dad. And I pray that the Holy Spirit is there with you whatever God is calling you to do from this point forward, that uh, you keep running no matter what it takes. Your heavenly father will meet you and he'll see you to the finish line. Amen.
I'm going to ask Bryce to come on up real quick, and uh, we're going to finish our time. As uh, he's coming up, every eye closed, and you say, Pastor Mario, I, I, um, I'm wobbling in my journey with Jesus. That's you. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Amen. I see your hands. And if you're not wobbling for Jesus, keep an eye out. There are people who are wobbling. They're, they've got pull muscles, spiritual muscles that have been pulled, and, and they need your friendship. Last question. I'm gonna say, you're going to say, Pastor Mario, I'm going to not rest on my past victories or be weighed down by my past failures. I'm going to take the words of Paul and be encouraged to press and strain forward. That's you, just raise your hand. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we want to experience the fullness of the gospel. We want to experience all of you, Father, not just some of you, not just the intellectual parts, but Lord, all of you, Father. Take control of our minds, our hearts, our spirits. In Jesus' name, let's stand up and we'll sing. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.